0: Hello, hello. Welcome to Peaceful Homeschool Podcast. I'm Emma. And I'm Beth. Hey, Beth. How's it going? Good. How are you, Emma? I'm hanging in there. It's been challenging today, but it's getting better. We're figuring it out, so it's all good.
1: Yay. How are you? Good. Just really busy, but good. Yes. Good.
0: Um. Okay, so today we are talking about learning styles and how kids learn best. Um, For me, that's totally something that like in public school is hard to, it would be hard to manage because obviously, you know, teachers have to teach in a way that works for like 30 kids as opposed to, you know, being able to really think about how how it's going to work best for each kid. So I have... Have you found ways that work really well for your kiddos?
1: Yeah, um, they both have different learning styles um, from each other, um, and they each have their own quirky things that they deal with. Um, so, yeah, both of my kids like, um, like you know, my daughter loves audio books more, you know, and like audio learning a lot. And then um, the way that she does a lot of her work is actually like with she has to have something like playing like a favorite show or something like that. And for some reason that helps her do better. I don't know why. And then um, my son is just really, really wiggly still. And um, he, he likes, um, but he likes regular reading like versus the audio. He'll, he'll listen up. He likes podcasts now as a grown up, but growing up, he, it wasn't like he listened to the uh, story of the world book. Um, but both of my kids are like, you know, like my son honestly can just read and absorb and learn pretty darn quickly. Whereas my daughter's more hands-on and, um, than my son and like, you know, but she always has to be doing something while she's learning. That's just how. so I'm trying to think of the, the different names of learning styles. And then my brain went completely blank. Cause there are these, di- there's all these different ways, but my brain went blank, but that's how my kids learn. <laughs>
0: Well, I mean, we find the same thing in our house, like, all three of my kids learn in different ways, I learn in a different way than my husband, Um, you know, all kids learn a little bit differently, and they're not exactly alike, and like you said, like, for my son, he could just read a textbook, and, like, absorb, and do the questions, and be done. Um, That's not really the case for my next child, and so we have found that, like, for her, you know, a lot of hands-on, for sure, Um, exploring the world, you know, and Honestly, like being able to reflect back some information, you know, that's the whole point is like we're teaching our kids stuff and then we need them to somehow show us that they understand that and they can reflect that back with like, you know, creating a PowerPoint presentation or doing like, you can't see my hands. Well, you can see my hands, but nobody else can Um, because they're invisible. No, Um, that like doing a diorama, like showing all the cool things that are in the Amazon rainforest or whatever, like Putting it into you know something that shows that they do understand the way you know the rainforest works and the different animals that you'd find at different levels or whatever in the uh, different layers. Um, But it's like no matter how it works best for them, as long as they can show us that they're learning, that's all that really matters. It could be an interpretive dance. I don't care, whatever. Like you could you know write an essay or you could stand up and deliver an oral presentation. Like whatever, as long as as long as I know that they're learning, that's all that really matters to me. And since there's not 30 of them, I don't have to say like, okay, everybody must, you know, write an essay and then I'm going to read all these essays and, and go through them. Um, but there are some learning like assessment quizzes. Um, and so we said we'll try and find um, a good one and we'll link that um, because I think that's really helpful to know how your kids learn best. And if you've been homeschooling all along, it's pretty easy because you've, you know, long since absorbed or noticed when they've, they've absorbed information or not and what works for them. But if you're new to homeschooling, that might not be the case. And so we're going to link something so that people can, you know, try and see like, how do their kids learn best? Do they learn by, you know, seeing something? Do they learn by listening? Do they learn through hands-on, you know, actually getting in there and
1: getting messy kind of learning? Um, yeah. And something you can think about too, that I just popped into my head is if you think about when they were toddlers, how they retained things when you were teaching them when they were little, was it hands-on with puzzle pieces when you're teaching shapes? Um, or was it like, you know, just think about how they were when they were little. Cause most of us taught our children, even if they went into public school, when they were tiny about colors, was it tapping on the colors in a book or was it actual like playing with marbles that were different colors? Like what what was it back then? Cause it's probably similar even as they're older, I would say,
0: um, yeah, but you can sure. kind
1: of think about like, cause I might, you know, like my daughter, like singing, like if we sang a song about something, she would learn that better and she could retain it better if it was associated with music. So there's, there's different things to think about from when they were little, um, yeah. to help you figure it out for now.
0: Totally agree. We did the songs for teaching our address and how to spell our name in a sing song way, because it's really long. And, you know, all of that, and it made it so that it actually worked. And we taught our kids sign language when they were little. And so that helped too. especially my daughter who really needed, you know, something more abstract than just a letter or a number or whatever, that she could actually do something with her body to, you know, show that she understood that it made a big difference in her learning and retaining for sure. Um, So when I was thinking about this episode, I was thinking like you know, I don't, if somebody just stands up in front of me, like at the front of a room in some sort of class or whatever and lectures, I don't usually, I don't usually like stay on task in my mind. I'm like, oh, I have 50 other things that I'm working on in my mind right now. And so like thinking about asking our kids to do that. And I am, you know, not a spring chicken. And so thinking about like kids who you know have wiggly bodies or who feel like oh this you know this seat is so scratchy or my tag is scratchy or oh I'm a little bit hungry or oh this or whatever like all of these different tons of you know thoughts that are popping in their heads the whole time like yeah how would they stand up and listen to somebody lecture for like an hour or two hours or three hours like ew no yeah yeah but
1: if if that same teacher used a story Like, you know, like that my favorite history teacher in high school, he didn't just go over the dates. We didn't memorize dates of every single thing. He would get into stories and have us interact with him and pretend to be the different characters in history. That stuff stuck in my head, not the other kind of classes where it's just dates or whatever. So that was more interactive was more in my learning style, but like a lecture. Oh my goodness. That is so hard to stay focused. And I don't have focus issues and it's so hard for me to
0: stay focused on that. But, it, but like you said, if they're reading a story, if, you know, if they're saying like, okay, everybody stand up and do this and just to, you know, try to get you involved in it in some way or replicate what they're talking about in some way or whatever, like then I actually remember what they're talking about. I can actually focus in whatever. So even seeing as adults how different our learning styles can be and then thinking about our kids with all this other input that they have at all times and that their understanding is not the same as ours and they don't have all this life experience to go on like it makes sense that they would have different ways to learn. Yeah. Um, but I agree, like taking note about when they're retaining info. So like if they're excited about a topic and they're engaged, then they're probably going to, you know, retain that information. But if they're struggling or melting down or just like totally spacing out, then chances are they're probably not retaining the info so we do we're going to link a learning assessment and then that can help you kind of narrow down an approach to take and the good thing about that is like you know a lot of new homeschoolers have such a focus on curriculum which is it's important to you know give our kids some academics obviously that's the point of homeschooling along with everything else but you know using the information of what type of student or what type of learner your kid is to make those choices in their curriculum instead of just saying, cool, I know you're this kind of learner, but I'm still just gonna give you this curriculum that I chose. Like that's not necessarily gonna serve you or your child the
1: best. The sponsor of today's podcast is actually me, Beth, the co-host of Peaceful Homeschool Podcast and the author of the book, Find Your Homeschool Vibe. It's a book to help you learn how to homeschool without losing your mind. It's currently available on Amazon and soon will be available on Audible if you prefer to listen to books. You can find the link to the book in the show notes or on homeschoolvibe.com. While you are there, you can sign up to receive the free printable weekly homeschool tracker. Thank you for supporting the Peaceful Homeschool Podcast. Let's get back to the show.
0: Anyway, so be sure that you know, that you're choosing curriculum that lines up with your child's learning style. So don't be like, oh, I'm just going to put this in, the, in an online curriculum because I heard it's really great. And then your child can actually learn and focus that way. You know, be sure that you're, that you're using that information to help guide how you're teaching them. And again, if it's not working, you can sometimes still take that same curriculum and just change it up a little bit and be like, OK, cool, we're still going to read that same book but we're going to stand up and read the dialogue aloud to each other and we're going to make the foods from it and we're going to do an art project about it and all that stuff so that they can get engaged. But, you know, just expecting them to fit into like whatever random curriculum you chose because you heard it was good, you know, may or may not be the best if you haven't like put into play what their learning style is
1: totally because like I said my kids need a different curriculum for most things like they they do not line up on the same curriculum and while I would have loved to just order one set and just order the you know replacement workbooks for the different things it didn't work out that way because it didn't work for their brains like to line up the way I wanted the only thing that lined up that way was the story of the world (laughs) like everybody could do that in the family because it had so many different ways to learn in that curriculum so right. that history curriculum is awesome for that because it has hands-on, it has just the story part, it has all these different with ways of learning. Um, so that was that was a really neat one. Um, yeah, and especially because styles. that one has the book and yeah. the
0: audio CD, yep. and all those hands-on projects and the map work
1: and copy yeah. work and all that stuff. It is it really has good because it does multiple levels for each chapter, so it's like a kindergartner can be doing it with the fourth grader because they have like, well, the fourth grader can do this part of it. And it's really handy for homeschoolers just, and it's written by homeschoolers, but it's a great, great curriculum um, for history for the kids. But yeah,
0: yeah. I agree. And for us, I was going to say that also, you know, that's how, why unit studies have worked so well in my family, because no matter the learning style of my child and the age of my child, I can still incorporate all like all of the topic you know in some way in a way that works for each of those kids right and so it's cool because if i'm like we're gonna study little house on the prairie i'm like okay we're gonna churn butter and we're gonna make corn husk dolls and then we're going to like paint the scenery from you know where laura lived or whatever and we're going to read the books aloud and we're going to watch the videos aloud and we're going to watch some documentaries about it and go on field trips about it and you know, do all of these things. We're going to calculate distances that they traveled or like write about or talk about or sing about like what we would bring on our wagon with us, you know, when we had to go across a prairie. Like all of those things, I can make work for any learning style. Yeah. So that's why for us, like unit studies are such a huge part of how we've learned all of these years, because I can adapt those to any of our learning styles. I
1: was thinking of fun... I was thinking of fun supplemental things like, um, that for, if your kids like stories, like to learn through stories, um, like the magic tree house series, um, is really fun to supplement history with like, it, it it's my kids both love those books so much. Um, and then I haven't used it, but I heard a lot of people that love life of Fred for math, um, because it's like a story form kind of thing. Um, and I, and I'm trying to, and then story of the world for history also, um, I'm trying to just think of, some of the different oh matthew c has like um some multiple options not as many as like story of the world but it has like the workbooks but also videos and then it has hands-on manipulatives too so it depends and if, on the, i like, like in how, matthew c i like in
0: matthew c how there's um like you can pick the different pages depending upon where your child is in learning that one concept. Yeah. So you can pick like the very basic or a little bit harder, or a little bit harder or that with review from previous chapters, like all that. So you yeah. can really make it work for a lot of different, you know, kids at a lot of different ability levels. Which yeah. Is awesome. And yeah. you mentioned um, uh, Magic Treehouse for history supplementing, the I Survived series. We've enjoyed that one too. So it's like a bunch of historical you know dates and or dates that have happened that were that were of historical significance and it's been made into a really fun you know novel to read about and my kids have enjoyed those um, the my America series is really good too it's historical fiction, but it's from the perspective of kids like you know traveling across the prairie or dealing with you know whatever time in history and those are pretty good and then the um there was oh and then Magic School Bus for Science is a really fun one. And then they have like the supplemental guides that you can use as well. And there's tons of free curriculum for Magic Treehouse, for Magic School Bus, for all of those. If you look on Pinterest, you can find, you know, free curriculum to go along with all those to make it fun.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And don't also think like because okay, so my big when my kids were bigger, um, even though they were bigger, even though the, the books might say for younger kids. Don't, don't devalue the, them, but don't base it on age because even though if it's a well-written story, even if it's geared towards younger kids, the big kids can still learn from it too and enjoy it as well. Cause that's yeah. how my, my kids both were that way. Like, even though that they could be, they were reading it like a 12th grade reading level, they would still enjoy that. So don't, don't pigeonhole your kids in that they have to only enjoy stories from their, um the the the, the level that they're operating at. Like, cause yeah. hopefully that makes sense, but it does. I know that some people do that and they're mentally still not enjoying the older stories, even if they're can read at a college level. Right. It doesn't mean that right. they want to read college books. <laughs> so. Yeah, for
0: sure. No, I totally agree. And then Sometimes, too, there's just information that is presented in such a way that makes it enjoyable. And it doesn't matter. I mean, I enjoy some stories yeah. that are younger because you're still getting that information instead of just like from like a dry nonfiction yep. point of view. You're getting it from a child's point of view or the mom's point of view or whatever. And it's yeah. enjoyable. And yeah. there are so many classics, too, that you can read at all ages and not just be like, we have to wait to read these classics until my child is in high school or whatever. I've noticed, you know, with my kids, because I have kids of different ages, too, like reading them classics at all ages, they can still learn to love it. Um, And we can learn, you know, do a bunch of cool, like, projects and stuff to go along with the stories to really help them get into it. Like, my girls love Shakespeare, and I've introduced Shakespeare to all my kids tons of different times throughout the years, but they could just recite the stories for you because they love it so much, and we've done so many Shakespeare studies, and just made it super enjoyable so it's not like you have to wait until they're in high school to start reading Shakespeare like oh my gosh you can read Shakespeare at a super young age
1: my my daughter took part in our area the Shakespeare in the park and kids of all ages were loving it and laughing and enjoying it so yeah so don't don't worry about what age for Shakespeare um like you know if it's well if it's presented well little kids can really enjoy it too and think it's hysterical and well, that's the cool night. thing
0: too. I love those Shakespeare's in the park that they do. But the cool thing too is that the more often you introduce something throughout their lives, the more they're like like gaining more value and more knowledge each time they encounter that thing. So by the time they're older, they could just you know talk happily about Shakespeare and have so much knowledge about it instead of like we yeah. waited until they were uh, you know in eleventh grade or something to talk to them about Shakespeare and then they're like, well, I got this much knowledge about it. My fingers are very small right now. This much knowledge about it, and that's the only knowledge they have, as opposed to all these years of talking about it and learning about it and going to see plays about it and doing all sorts of hands-on fun stuff about it. Yeah. Um, there's another series, too, that was um, called The Childhood of Young Americans, and it's super cool. There's so many books about so many famous people and written about their childhood, childhoods. Um, So that's a really good one too, to supplement history learning and to, you know, then you can turn it into all sorts of additional learning and fun as well.
1: Yeah. There are so many fun resources out there. So many.
0: For sure. For sure.
1: Yeah. So don't get stuck on the curriculum alone. Like don't get stuck on that if it's not working for your child, just supplement with all the fun stuff that is educational too, in whatever way works best for them.
0: Agreed. So we're going to link, you know, the learning assessment, and then you can use that to kind of gear it toward planning your next year or ditching what you're doing right now and deciding like just to do some super awesome unit studies or whatever, according to your state law, of course, still following that. But, you know, just really making sure that you are engaging your kids, because if you continue like just throwing information at your child and they're not absorbing it and they're not learning and they're frustrated and you're frustrated, like you're going to give up. Because yeah. Homeschooling is going to feel terrible and awful and stressful. And that's yeah. what I have to tell you. It does not have to be terrible, awful and stressful.
1: Yeah. If it If you're feeling like you're failing or that your child's failing, it means you just need to shift. That's what it means. Yeah. It doesn't mean that you have failed. It means, oh, I need to make a new choice and figure something else out. And that's yeah. totally normal. And I've yep. shifted a million times in our homeschooling journey. Yep. <laughs> so Me too. And and for reals, talk with your kids about it to help them say like, okay, if, it, if
0: it's not working, if I'm just reading you this book and answering questions, what do you think we could do that would work a little bit better? How could we, you know, these are other ways that we could go about learning this information. What do you think would work well for you? And just keep shifting until you find something that really does work in their yeah. learning style, preferably. Yeah. So I have a quote about today. Actually, I have two. Um, One of them is from Alfie Cohn, and it's, what matters is not what we teach. It's what they learn. And the probability of real learning is far higher when the students have a lot to say about both content and the process, which is exactly what I just said. Like, if you're having your kids give input on how it's going to work best and what they're going to learn best, like, for sure, then they're actually going to learn
1: did you say that quote was by Al Capone? No, not
0: by Al Capone.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not Al Capone. Alfie Pone. Okay. K-O-H-N. Just checking, just checking. Because yes. I was not like, wow, I had no idea that guy was so in the <laughs> I read his childhood of young America and he's
0: great. No, I'm kidding. That's not true. <laughs> um, the other quote that I tagged for today was, if a child can't learn the way we teach, Maybe we should teach the way that maybe we should teach the way they learn Ignacio Estrada. That one is I mean, I think that's why so many kids struggle in public school, because teachers have a hard like they have a really hard job trying to figure out how to teach 30 kids when the kids don't all learn exactly the same. And so if we can't teach or if the kid is not learning the way we teach, maybe we should be teaching the way they learn. And that's the beauty of homeschooling is we can
1: Yeah. I love that. Love it a lot. Okay. I think we covered everything today. Okay. Awesome. Yay. Yeah. Let us know your kids, when you figure out your kids' learning styles, let us know. Maybe we will post up a little post on that and we can talk about everybody's different learning styles. Cause I think that'd be fun when you figure it out or, you know, I don't know. I think it's fun to learn about that and everybody learns so, you know, differently and stuff. So.
0: Yeah. And if you posted that up, then maybe we could say like, oh, well, hey, if you're struggling to, you know, if you say like, oh, yeah. my child learns this way, but we we can't figure out something for social studies or history. Yeah. You'd be like, oh, hey, maybe try these things or whatever.
1: Yeah. We'd love to help with that too. And other people would also probably be able to help too. In our, in our, whatever it's called, our page group. <laughs> what is that? Yes. In our page group. the <laughs> yes. Facebook thing. But yes. yeah. But anyway, if you wouldn't mind, please uh, leaving, you know, rate with the little stars in the Apple or Spotify and then um leave a review in there. That'd be really helpful for us. So
0: yes, that would be great. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Yeah, thank
1: you. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. If you are enjoying the podcast and would like to help us to continue producing the show, the biggest thing you can do is to rate and share the show. If you can support the show financially with a small one-time donation or monthly support, you can find links to Buy Me a Cup of Coffee or Patreon in the show notes. Any little bit helps us to cover the monthly costs of the show. We are so grateful for you. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram.